morning. The last Sunday that I was with you all was the Sunday before Advent 1. We were not only standing on the threshold of a new church season, but we were standing on the threshold of a new liturgical church year, year B. This morning, we seem to find ourselves in a similar space as we wait for midnight to strike and for a new year, 2024, to begin. On days like today, I find myself with mixed emotions, a bit nostalgic for what has been and excited and hopeful for what is to come. In a line from one of my favorite 90s songs, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. I've seen a lot of new beginnings for myself and for my family this year. I wonder if you have too. Last year at this time, I found myself living out familiar patterns and quite comfortable with the rhythm of my life. I was still on staff here at REC, waiting to get the green light about starting seminary, but knowing that this new beginning would have to come from some other beginning's end. Several months later, I would find myself moving to a new city, living in a new home, and beginning a new adventure surrounded by new groups of people who didn't know me and who I did not know. I was surprised to find that even as an adult, I felt this strong desire to fit in with this new group of people this need for belonging. To make matters just a little more challenging, the very first seminary class that I walked into can at best be described as a total mystery and at worst would be described as a mix of metaphysics, philosophy, cosmology, with just a dash of Jesus. I left wondering if all of my new classes would feel this hard. Not only was I homesick for all things familiar, I decided after class one that I no longer understood most words in the English language, and I might in fact be the first seminary dropout from our diocese and that wreck would just be so proud. <laughs> Thanks to the combined wisdom of several women in this room and their words of encouragement, I made an appointment with this professor of mystery. I walked into his office having no real idea of what I might say until I began to speak. He asked me what brought me to his office, and I will never forget the words that came from my mouth. I need for you to know my name. It is Jennifer. He shook his head and said, hello, Jennifer. 
I went on to explain to him that although I have not spoken a word in his class yet, it wasn't because I didn't care or that I wasn't trying. It was because, if anything, I was trying so desperately to understand at least one word that he was saying that it took all of my concentration. We continued talking about how he might help me, and I made him laugh when I explained to him that his words were at a King James Version, and I speak at the message. And how could we somehow meet in the middle? Very Episcopalian of me, wasn't it? We are people of the middle way. It wasn't until we began to wrap up our conversation when he said that he needed to pick up his daughter from school. I stopped and asked him how many children he had. He has two teenagers. Later, when I was writing in my journal, I realized that what I thought I needed was to be known by him. But what I really needed was to know him. Somehow, this professor of mystery became a lot less mysterious to me as a dad, a husband, maybe even a friend or a future colleague one day. Our words matter, and they can change the way that we see not only ourselves, but others as well. As we come together this morning, wrapping up another Christmas, waiting for another new year, another new beginning, I found myself thinking back to Father Phil's children's sermon on Christmas Eve. It was magical seeing the children gathered around him, retelling the story of the birth of Jesus, and wondering where they might find themselves in the story. Some said they would be a shepherd, or an angel, or even a sheep. But I don't think that a single child said that they could see themselves as the baby. That they could see themselves as Jesus wonder why. I wonder if somewhere along the way, we have all heard the same Christmas story for so many years that we are no longer in awe of this baby lying in the manger. I mean, the angel gets the sparkly wings, and the shepherd gets the staff to defend the sheep. And the sheep, they get to wander around kind of doing their own thing. But in the story, what does the baby really do? I wonder how our Christmas pageants might be different if we read the words of this morning's gospel reading instead. The words where Jesus doesn't seem like a passive participant in his own story, but instead existed from the beginning of time with God, was the divine messenger for God, 
was helping to create the world and life with God was the light of the world that enlightened everyone, was giving everyone the power of the Holy Spirit to become children of God, was showing everyone how to treat others with grace and truth and love, was showing everyone what God looked like, was showing everyone how to live. Jesus has always been. He has always been a part of the story. He doesn't just show up at Christmas only to be crucified, died, and resurrected by Easter, only for the cycle to repeat itself year after year. Because of what God has done for us in Jesus, it reaches far beyond our most profound imaginings, and it is truly a mystery. A mystery that might even be difficult to put into words. But it doesn't mean that we should ever stop trying. Jesus shows up and shows us not only who he is, but who he wants us to be. Although it is fun to wonder, I don't think he wants us to be shepherds or angels or sheep. I think he wants us to be just like him. The word of this Christmas story reminds us to live differently. Not just during the season of Christmas or the beginning of a new year, but all of the days in between. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. As we come to the end of 2023 and look ahead to 2024, what is something that God might be calling you to end so you can begin something fresh and new? How would you live differently this year if you truly believed that you are a beloved child of God made in the image of the one who loves you? Who do you know who needs to know God and hear God's message of love? How will you be the light and life to everyone you meet? Is there someone who might just need you to meet them in the middle? Would you be willing to make a sacrifice in order to do that? There are a lot of hurting people in our world today, and I imagine that many might be having trouble seeing God in the midst of their despair. 
May we be the light and love of Jesus. Clinging to the words of Psalm 147, the Lord builds up, the Lord gathers the outcast. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. The Lord takes pleasure in those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord. Amen.